If you're always on the go like myself and don't have time to sit down and read, Audible.com is a great source to be able to catch up on the latest bestsellers. Listen to it while on the road or at the gym. Audible.com is a leading provider of premium digital audio information and entertainment on the internet. Audible content includes more than 180,000 audiobooks and spoken word audio products. Audible carries Audible books in every genre imaginable business, classics, history, self development, just to name a few. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook of your choice and a free 30 day trial membership. Just go to audible.com slash replay and choose from over 180,000 audio programs. Download a title for free and start listening. It's that easy. Currently, I am listening to the classic One Fish, Two Fish, Red Fish, Blue Fish. One Fish, Two Fish, Red Fish, Blue Fish, Black Fish, Blue Fish, Old Fish, New Fish. Okay, that's、This、genius. Go to audible.com slash replay. That's audible.com slash replay and get started today. I think you're really going to enjoy this、uh, session with someone I've known for a very long time. We like to trade barbs back and forth, we have a great relationship.、Um, and he has run a number of companies, he worked at Google, he ran AOL, and he just recently. Uh, sold it off to Verizon, and I really need him to explain what the hell's going on.、Um, so, Tim Armstrong, get out here and explain this to me. Tim! There you are. How are you doing? Good to go, Gary. How's it going? How's it going? I was, I was taking a photo with Andy. Oh, were you? Yeah. Yeah. Former worker? Co worker. Co worker.、Oh. Co worker. So,、uh, so, you work for the telephone company now? By the way, I feel very comfortable in these red Verizon seats.、It's、Thank、really、you, yes. <laughs> But、uh, I think the biggest news tonight actually is、uh, you, you were acquired by Vox. Yes. And,、uh, that was six months ago. Six、okay. months ago.、Right. But,、uh, Good for you. It's amazing that, that、uh, you've always been known as an innovator and disruptor. And、yeah. uh, it's your first product that's come out, everybody else is going right, you're going left. And Recode Water yeah, is the,、uh, the first product you came out with after the Vox acquisition. It's very.、Uh, yeah. Who would, who would have thought about water? No, I would. Annie Rubin's talking about the future of IoT, and you're talking about water. You know what? I'm a disruptor.、Um, so let's,、uh, let's discuss what you're doing, because I really, really need an explanation. I just don't understand what. I, I do understand what you all talked about, like what you were talking about, it, but explain to me how you got to Verizon. Sure. What was the thinking behind it? And a little bit of the background of how it went back and forth. You were running as an independent company. Yep. You went on a Acquisition spree in content way before everybody else did.、Yep. Like now, content, these valuations are enormous.、Yep. Um, They're going to get went, higher, by the way. What? They're going to get higher, I think. Okay,、yep. great. Good、yep. for me.、Um, so, what, what, what prompted you to do this? Well,、uh, one is we had a really clear directive. I think we were looking at data a couple years ago at the company, and it was pretty clear that essentially there was going to be three or four things that if you didn't have in the future were going to be critical.、Mm-hmm. And as a private company or a public company on our own, we put together this list of these five. We had five items. I used to carry it around with me every board meeting. The board would talk about it. And essentially, we put a list together of how we would construct these five things for the future. And our, our, our stated goal publicly, we talked about a lot, was being really want to be the number one media technology company in the world. And、uh, one of the things on that chart that was most important, the first thing was mobile.、Mm-hmm. And so we were about to go out and raise a whole bunch of money to do more、uh, acquisitions, and our board was getting ready for that. And at the same time, 
Uh, we started meeting with Verizon. Run a bunch of money through stock sales or or patent sale. What? How? For for what? You sold all your patents off, right? Oh no, we were just going. We 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 basically ran the company at for the most part at zero debt. So one of the things is an untold story about AOL is we, the, everything we did at AOL to turn the company around was done essentially like you manage your household on a zero debt. Uh, budget, so we had a capacity to raise a lot of money, which we never did. We tried to manage our financials really closely, but at this point, we looked in the future and we said we have to have three or four of these things, or we're not going to be successful in the future. So we wrote a list down. Uh, we looked at a bunch of companies externally that we were thinking about, and uh, we went out. I was meeting with bankers uh, during that How time period. How much were you going to raise? I, you know, I, I don't probably between a probably a couple of billion, a billion or two billion dollars. Mm -hmm. And um, during that time frame, we were meeting with Verizon, and the Verizon discussions really started. They were they were really large part were part, large partner of ours. Um, it sort of was going through these giant operational conversations, and then it started to get closer than maybe investing with us, or they knew we were going we were going to go try to raise money, and then it kind of skipped into the acquisition at the end. And uh, when you, our board looked at it, those three, four, five items we had to get, if you ranked the money we were going to go out and raise versus what Verizon would bring to the table, there was no way you could turn down the Verizon uh, offer for the future of where AOL was going to go and what, what we needed to have. And so really now it's about building. We wanted to be the largest media technology company. Now we want to be the largest mobile media technology company, and that's really what our board was working on. And uh, it's hard, so hard to mobile. Deny. What else? What mobile? Uh, ad tech. Mobile, video, uh, ad tech, uh, data, and uh, talent. Actually, was one of the was one of the, the five things. And so, you know, we were consistent. We had this one sheet of paper for for really eight, almost two years, over eighteen months, mm -hmm. with the board. And uh, I would say, for uh, the people who work at our company, I think they understand this now. Is the Verizon deal? It was one of the one of the things that happened. When we got announced. People were wondering. Oh my God, are people going to understand what this deal is about? Mm -hmm. And I think one of the nice things was almost universally it was understood right away. Well, a lot of people understood it as an ad, mobile ad technology deal. I yeah. mean, I think most people focus on that, and I think correctly. So. Yeah. Well, I think it's I think it's bigger than that. I think Verizon. Um, Verizon, well, Verizon wasn't in the mobile ad technology. Has to be in that, obviously. Yes, they they had they have some interesting assets though. They had uh, this comp they had bought Edgecast and Uplink, so they were essentially an Akamai competitor mm -hmm. overall. So they had some deep assets that things that we're really into video and we understand, and the future of mobile video is going to be big. So they had assets that fit very well with our assets. And the second thing is, if you think about, I think what Apple's done really well and other people have done is they've taken core businesses and built businesses on top of the core. And Verizon has a very big opportunity to build a core business, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, a, a new business on top of their core, which is what we're doing with them. And then second of all is they have a chance to do off-network um, also. So people really always look at Verizon and AT&T as their network. But really, you know, Verizon has a very good opportunity to build really large global businesses by using their network, but then bringing those services to other companies. So the mobile ad technology made sense to be able to content a little more questionable. There was talks about moving some of the content off the space, and then Verizon rushed in and said, you know, I know there were discussions that the Huffington Post had with other investors, possibly spinning it off. Yeah. Um, well, we were having discussions. When we were thinking about raising money, we were also had been meeting with other partners to think right. about what we did. How do we raise money? Do we J do JVs with some of our content stuff, with ad assets, ad tech assets? So we were, I, we were out basically trying to do the best thing we possibly could for the company in the time period. And, and Verizon's very interested in content. We just launched Go90. 
and uh, that's a very large, significant investment uh, overall in high-quality content. So, you know, our brands are going to be on Go90. Uh, they're, they've, they've been forward-thinking in content overall. So the, 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 for their, the impetus for them is they need stuff to put over these networks. Yeah, I, it's, it's bigger than that. It's, uh, I think Verizon understands they have an incredible network, by the way, they've built, and now they're going into IoT. They're in telematics for cars. Um, the media opportunity for them is to actually build something on top of Verizon, but then take it out to other carriers also. Mm -hmm. So if you think about the assets we have that we can bring to the table, as another carrier, you either have to trust that Apple or Google or someone's going to help you get into this side of the business, or it's going to be somebody who could actually white label a service like we have mm -hmm. you know, overall. And what, what you just heard Andy talk about, right. there's probably going to be more tension on the line in a lot of these relationships, and we can be essentially a So give a me an example of what party. they could bring to a third So, you know, if you took our assets right now, and their assets, the ones we've combined and the businesses we're building, we could take that to international carriers, we could take it to uh, other markets overall, and Verizon's not competitive in, in those markets in their core business, uh, really, so it's a great opportunity for somebody to have a custom-built experience that work, works for Verizon. It would work in, you know, many other countries across the world. And where do you fit in the Verizon? Do you go to Basking Ridge a lot? Uh, I go there once in a while. Okay. They have our, their headquarters is in New York, so okay. we're in New York, we're, we're in New York, yeah. and uh, I spend time uh, with them kind of all over the place. Well, where, where do you fit in? I mean, are you? So we're uh, Lowell is the CEO, right? Uh, Lowell McAdam, uh, Marnie Walden runs a new products area, so they essentially have taken all of their the growth businesses for the future and put them into a division under uh, Marnie, and that's the group that we're in. Mm -hmm. And basically, in that group, there are a couple other businesses in that group, um, so we're essentially the media strategy. They have, they have multiple different strategies in that group that are going to be built for the so future. So essentially became an employee like I did, right? Yes, we're both employees. Okay, good. Um, so how is that? What is that like going from a CEO job? You know, it's funny. I, um, I've been in all different kind of levels in organizations over time and started a company myself and um, or two companies. Uh, I don't really care. I'm interested in doing work. Like, and uh, I think for me, the most enjoyable thing about the Verizon deal personally has been the fact that I can actually do more work. Like, I probably am spending more time when you're a public company CEO. Um, you know, there's benefits to being a public company and there's, and there's not benefits. But one of the big things that's not a benefit is the amount of how you spend your time. And I would say probably 30% of my time was spent in ancillary things. Mm -hmm. So now I'm spending my time, like we do, our management team right now does 8 a.m. calls every morning where we talk about supply and demand of the business, the products that are coming out. And so for me, it's, it's a game changer and being able what to do focus you do? on the business. What do, you, what do you actually do every day? What do I do every yeah. day? Depends. You want to really know what I do every day? Yeah, I really yeah. do. So I, I'll, I'll tell you what we do. Right, I, okay. So we've organized our company into what I call buckets. Okay. So uh, Mondays, we basically spend doing what are essentially more internal things, executive meeting, those things. Tuesdays, we run uh, partnership and product meetings, and I have a huge uh, HR meeting that we talk about talent uh, and those things. And then Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I'm typically out on the road seeing partners, customers, uh, M&A targets, uh, you know, those things. We, we've been active this year. We did the Verizon deal. We did the Microsoft deal. We did the Millennial deal. Mm -hmm. uh, meanwhile, we've launched, uh, we launched the new programmatic platform. Uh, we launched a huge series of new video assets uh, overall. So it's been a really busy year. So you have, you've had the ability to do M&A, that you can generate 
and yeah. they will give you the money for yes. it, correct? Yeah, and I, that, that was part of it. I mean, part of the, we essentially shared our strategic roadmap with them and they shared their strategic roadmap with us. And, and I, I would say a lot of the capital that we've invested this year and over the last couple of years it has been, a, we're in a good position right now from an asset standpoint. So it's not like there's a, you know, Verizon's going to be writing giant open checks to things we're doing. We've been pretty careful about using uh, money. But I'd also say that they're, they've been really supportive. I mean, we did the millennial deal, and the millennial deal, yeah, I think. Yeah, you picked that up for a song. I mean, that was going, that was, was a problematic. It was a fair price for everybody. Okay, and, all right, uh, okay. You know, millennials <laughs> got great talent. I was just, yeah. uh, we're in the planning process with them. The deal hasn't closed. Um, but I was on the phone today with the head of products and uh, the CEO from Millennial this morning. And, uh, you know, I think we're, everybody's, the good thing about where we are now is everybody's working on the same strategy. And, uh, you know, us sticking with our strategy pretty consistently for five years has paid off because it's attracted other companies to us and us to other companies that have that similar strategy. Were you worried about, and with the caveat that Comcast ultimately owns Recode in the end. Right. Um, worried about the influence of Verizon on your content businesses? No, I, I think that... Uh, people there were worried. Very, you know... Yeah, people out of the gates were, were concerned. Just, I think, with any acquisition, people don't like to know what's going to happen. Right. You know, the reality is, I think Verizon's... Because they had some experience before Verizon where they were meddling a bit in the content area. You know, I don't think they were, actually. From I, I, I wasn't... Uh, I wasn't there then. I wasn't there that. then, um, but I, other people have raised that, and I've heard uh, Verizon talk about it. And Brian, look at Lowell McAdams is a great CEO, um, and I think he understood when he was acquiring our company, and Marnie does, we talk about it a lot, is uh, when you have a content business, a creative business. And uh, even for me, if you talk to the people at uh, AOL and TechCrunch or, or, uh, or Huffington Post or Engadget or those type of things in general, they basically run their own show. Like con- content is their their own thing, and uh, you know we we do a lot of business stuff. We try to look for how to scale them up, give them resources. But the reality is, you know, if someone's telling you what to do, which uh, I'd like to see that, uh, yeah, is uh, it's uh, you know it, it wouldn't be wouldn't be Recode. Right, uh, that's right. The, that's the reality. Except that it it happens in a lot of places. I mean, what if you know all of a sudden the Huffington Post front page Verizon sucks. Like what happened? Well, no, I, you know, that's, uh, you know, I, I've been on the front page of Huffington Post uh, myself. So yes. it's, uh, yeah. you know, I think, you know, look, at the Huffington Post just wrote a huge piece on uh, one of the pharma businesses on J&J. J&J is a partner of ours. Uh, and it was a, you know, really, really significant piece about what J&J is doing with their business. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, it was, it was a very, very deep, uh, you know, long article in general and, and you know, that's the type of thing you have to be willing to do if you're going to own a content business. You know, I understand what it's like to be on the other side of the press mm-hmm. uh, when it's not positive on you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's the situation, you know, probably that happened. But the reality is the Huffington Post is a turn. We took it from 20 million users to 220 million, mm-hmm. took it global. And you have to trust the fact that, that the editorial content and what we're doing is, going to, is important and you have to stick with it. And the second thing is I think when we head towards a mobile world, you know, the mobile brands are going to get built are around, going to be around trust and there's less screen space. You're going to have to have services that people really, really want and really, really trust. So I think some of these things are actually going to become so more if important. So if McAdams came, I don't like that article, what would you do? Uh, I, first of all, I don't think it would happen. And right. second of all, you know, I, I essentially told the Verizon people and the people inside of AOL that I would do the same thing, whether I was public or private. 
and you know, I, I have, I've had people call me in the past who have had things that have been written, and I've just told people, look, the bottom line is they're independent. They get to do what they want to do, and uh, that's, that's why we've been successful at those businesses, so that's what we do. So when you're thinking about content, you were, you were an investor of Huffington Post. By the way, how is it going with Ariana? Uh, good. It's going well. She's, yeah. uh, Ariana's done an amazing job, I think. And, and uh, Jared Gruz just came back, who was at Spotify, yeah. was at GC mm-hmm. at Spotify, just came back to be the CEO. So the content businesses are, are, are going very well. We're really interested in mobile video. I'd say, like, for us, we're really starting to think very deeply about how do you translate everything that happens uh, on the content properties as much to mobile, but also, I mean, about 60% of our traffic right now is mobile overall, and, uh, and I think video is going to be enormous, so we're really starting to think deeply about how do we transition all of our brands and all of our things to as much as we can to mobile video. What does that mean, from no articles or less No, uh, no, no, we'll still, no, we'll still do tech, we'll still do everything we're doing today, but then add on a significant amount of more video, and I, I think, you know, I, I, you, I don't know if you and I have talked about this before, but... One of the things that's been a huge benefit is when the economy went really south in 2008 and 2009, people stopped investing in content and they yeah. stopped investing in a lot of services. And when you look at the valuations in the content space right now, you look at uh, uh, Business Insider, you know, Rico, all the things that have traded uh, this year, you know, it's a massive advantage for us because everyone else didn't invest. There's three phases. There's offline, online, and then there's online to mobile, and then Andy's talking about mobile to whatever's next. Um, Most companies still haven't made the transition from offline to online. The online to mobile transition for companies is going to be epically larger than that first transition. Mm -hmm. And for us in the content business as well as the ads business, I see that gap. I, I've, I've been doing internet stuff for 20 years. I've never been, never seen a bigger opportunity today mm-hmm. than since the start of the internet. When you're saying o- online to mobile, is that I'm sorry, what online to mobile. So mobilized content, essentially. But mobile, mobile you know, the, the mobile is not really mobile. You have a machine, right. and that machine over time is getting smarter and better. And a lot of stuff Andy was talking about is uh, will definitely happen. I was at some another company's board meeting, and they were show, a couple of weeks ago, and they were showing um, mo- basically your mobile phone driving. For instance, you go to the gas pump; everybody would have different gas prices when you pull up to the gas thing with, without touching anything, mm-hmm. you know. Overall, so if you're a better customer at the, for this gas company, you'd have lower cost per per gallon, and that that you know the biggest thing I think that's happened uh, will happen is when you have seven billion, six billion people with, with machines attached to them, and the machine essentially is becoming as smart as your second brain. It may not have all the other attributes your brain has, but from a pure horsepower standpoint, the world is gonna feel like there's not six or seven or eight billion people. It's gonna feel like there's 12 or 14 billion people. And as a company, you have to think about the fact that when you're talking to a consumer, you have to actually talk to their, their machine first. And so, the opportunity for content and advertising is the the second brain that the second brain that is your your phone now or what I call it the machine that's going to afford massive signals from the consumer back to content and advertising and, and commerce but it's also going to afford a much 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 higher scale always on relationship and i think you know the media businesses aren't set up for that now the advertising business is not set up for that now but you're adding 3 billion people to that network over the next three or four years, 
you're going to have faster networks, you're going to have more IoT connected. Uh, when you're saying that, I, I'm kind of yeah. rocking what you're saying, but yeah. what does that actually look like? What is that? I mean, if they aren't ready for now, because basically now they publish and people consume, or you do what Twitter was doing with uh, Moments, where you assemble yeah. and make a little show. Yeah, I think um, that stuff is super, I, I think it's really interesting. I, I told you backstage, I think the new Twitter product is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's also really early. And uh, you know, one of the small things, if you notice, like, a lot of people think about content consumption as coming one way or coming from a corporation to a consumer. And with mobile, one of the things that's happening is if you, if you really deeply look at what types of content people are creating for each other, if you have kids, for instance, if you, you know, people our age, we may consume a vast majority of the information we get. Some of it's from social networks, some of it's from media companies. Entertainment content now is starting to be really created by uh, consumers also. So if you took, if you took, uh, there's 8,760 hours in a year, mm-hmm. it, you know, and you have to sleep and stuff. But basically, yeah. if you, uh, if you took that time and said, how is content going to get to you in the future? There's a good chance, a huge, chunk, a big chunk of it that used to be done by corporations are going to be done by other consumers. And like in my kid's school, there's there's kids creating an hour and a half long movies mm-hmm. on subject matters that they care about, and it's getting shared to a small group of kids. It's like you know, 20 kids will watch it, you know, overall. But that hour and a half used to come from Disney or used to come from some other major corporation. They're making hour and a half movies. Yes, it's like if you if you if you really look at the people who are growing up machine first, right. overall. They are really, really using things uh, much differently, and that's not just they're, they're crowding around little screens. They're not watching plasma screens. They, this thing is a tool. It's basically yeah. it's a it's a wheel. Gosh, my and, kid's just staring at the screen, sticking his tongue out and putting right, his hair up. That's right, pretty much right, what he does. Right. It's good. kind of inane. Yeah, but uh, but I see what your point. I see your point. They're yeah. creating something, or they're consuming it. It's, they're creating or consuming, and I you know. I think the creator and consumer mode in the middle, the, the marketplaces in the middle of that are going to be really significant. So when you think about where you're going, so would you, were you sorry you didn't merge with Yahoo? That was, you know, AOL who or whatever was, it is. That, you ask me about that all the time. It's your I idea. It's not my it's idea. It's not my idea. I think it's a terrible uh, idea. So, oh, come on. You know you were like right. every now and then you'd call her up and say, hey, hey. I know you did. That's Don't a dream scenario for you. It didn't no, happen. do not lie to me. I know you didn't did. happen. You're lying no, I... right now. You know why? Because your lips are moving. No. Yes. <laughs> yes. You 100% called her. I know you did. I did not call her. All right, whatever. You saw her at whatever stupid right. media event you all go to. Uh, leaves out reports. So I, I, uh, I think the strategy that we took and mm-hmm. what we did as an independent company, and by the way, how we managed the company also, like financially, very, per, uh, very we, we took a lot of risks, but we were very careful at right. the same time. Ended up in a situation where we ended up with awesome programmatic assets, awesome video, awesome talent, awesome content brands. And we did it at a time period before a lot of other people got in. I, I couldn't oh, afford to do our strategy right now. I, I literally could. think you're the best salesman on the planet. I do, actually, oh, in many you. ways. I do. I think oh, you, you made a trade that was great thank very you. well. And uh, on the on the Verizon side, if you think that if you agree that mobile is going to be the centerpiece of what's happening, and you're not Google and you're not you're not Apple, I think this was the most strategic thing we could have was done. Was there any other buyer that would have been interesting to you? Now that you're, uh, I had a list. Yeah. So once these things started heating up, and we were going to raise money, we had we had other companies contacting us at the right. same time. By the way, we we weren't calling proactively out. Who was number two on the list? I can't tell you. No, you can. What? Why? It's over. What? You can say now. No, I can't tell you. Why not? Why? What's preventing you? What? Why not? 
You can tell me. No, I can't Walt. tell you. No, you like, can't. This is what you're really good at. No, I'm, you, if I'm the best salesperson, you're the best question okay, asker. It's listen, like a, like just from a just right. from a grammatical point of yes. view, you can tell me. Right. You don't want to. That's different. So can is not correct. No, I don't, I don't think I might be restricted like legally actually from telling. Oh really? Me. Yeah. Well, no, you can. Just you'd be arrested or something. I don't know. I don't know. Why don't you just tell me? What? <laughs> All right, then. All right, I'll get it out of you later. I'll kick you. I'll <laughs> anyway, um, since you won't be helping me here in a really nice way, which would have been nice for you to do, since you're sitting on my nice chair, I, here's the deal. my water. If I, could if I thought I could tell you, I would tell you. But they're, they're, you should assume uh, there's other companies that are trying to get into the spaces that we're in yes. uh, overall. Yes. And there's a lot of big companies. If you look at traditional media and you look at some yeah. of the internet media companies or whatever, service companies, there's a lot of people trying to get into these spaces. Right. And, uh, you know, we talked to some of them. So when you get, when you, last question about, you know, the content space, because you were really early to buying Huffington Post. That was a big deal. I flew down to Dallas, if you remember. Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Um, I was the only person who didn't go to the Super Bowl. I just left, which was fascinating. <laughs> remember that? Yeah, by the way, it was, uh, when we did the Huffington Post deal, Kara, we uh, called Kara to give her well, the story. What, what, no, what I, I say correctly. It and I agreed You to knew it. about it, and you came to the yeah. Super Bowl, and, uh, Basically, uh, we did the deal at halftime of the yeah. Super Bowl at, yeah. uh, in Dallas, and yeah. then, uh, the next morning we got up really early in the morning, and, yeah. and they had uh, set up a, a quick thing. We did the announcement yeah. with you yeah. at the Super yeah. Bowl. Yeah, yeah, it was and, interesting. Uh, uh, what was happened was I, I wrote, actually, when I came back, but I, w I was the only person on the plane coming back from the Super Bowl before it ended, and I was sitting next to this guy who was watching um, Eat, Pray, Love, and I, he was an enormous guy, and I'm like, wow, a dude watching Eat, Pray, Love, and I'm watching like a Bruce Willis movie. And, um, and so, so we were talking. He was really savvy about technology and the Internet and everything else. We talked the whole time. And he gets off the plane. These two guys come up to me, and they go, I can't believe you sat next to Joe Montana for that long and didn't serious? know who he was, uh, who didn't ask him about football. And I was like, who's right. Joe Montana? All right. Yeah. You need a T-shirt that says yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Who's Joe Montana? Right. He was really nice. Uh, but he didn't say, tell me who he was. So, And I told him football was so stupid and only dumb people. Could. It was just, anyway, I wouldn't let my kids play it. You know? So um, in any case, you were early to content. This is a long way of saying that. How do you feel about these valuations around BuzzFeed, Vox, all of them? You no, know, I think Business they're good. Insider. Luke, uh, Luke Beatty's here. Who yeah. I Luke, Luke is uh, from Luke associated and I kind content. of started Associated yeah. Content together, and Luke was the one who took it all the way. Yahoo yeah. ended up buying it, and that was in the in now the mid two thousands. It's, it's gone. gone. I, well, no, is, is it gone? I don't know. Yeah. It's gone. Um, but but uh, where's Luke? Is it's it gone? Is it gone, Luke? Luke, or is it still? Uh, the yeah. platform's gone. It's in the back it was closet. a platform company. It's in the back closet. But, you know, back then when we were doing content stuff back then, you know, content was essentially still very traditional driven. There were a few platforms out there uh, that were kind of scaling into platforms. And then I think when you flip to today, the thing that's changed is like an associated content was very much a platform B2B type environment business uh, overall. Today you have brands that are consumer brands and they have platforms behind them. You know as well, and, and the, the reality is, if you're a tr if you're a huge media company right now in the traditional space, and you haven't totally made the shift into into online, think about the shift that's got to happen into mobile on top of that. And people say, oh, everything's mobile centric now in general, but it still takes another skill set. Mm -hmm. The valuation, since nobody invested in content, I think the valuations when people really wake up on these brands are going to be much, 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 much higher. So you looked at Business Insider, correct? Yes. And. 
Uh, we came close to doing something at one point. Yeah. And I'm, I'm a really big fan of Business Insider. I think Henry's done a great job with that business overall. I've been a fan of it a long, long time, and, and uh, I, I, I like it. I think it's a good business. And I sent, I sent Axel Springer a note the day they acquired it. I think it was a very smart acquisition on their part, and I sent Henry a note also. I mean, I'm, I'm a big fan of what they did. Um, what are you going to buy next? I don't know. Is this one of these, I think this is one of these questions. Yes, it that, is. Like, this is probably not a good idea to discuss. Yeah, you're right, but I think you should answer it. I, I, uh, I will say this, actually, and I, this is what, what I... What area, then? Terms. Okay, if you what? want to be coy. Um... I'm, well, I'm super interested in the machine area, like basically how machines and humans are going to interact uh, overall and how things are going to scale around the uh, creation of things, distribution of things, those things. So I, I would say for me, I'm, I'm 99%, uh, I, I wouldn't say mobile, I'd say machine focused. Machine focused. At this point, I'm machine meaning what machine, people call it. A, I find that it would be a creepy term, but I like but, it sort of. I like the machine thing. No, it's a it's, machine. It's, a, it's, it's powerful. I know. I, I keep thinking of the Terminator. But all right, next uh, questions for Tim Armstrong, and then we're going to get to some drink, drinking and partying. Tim, Dave Zinman. Question is, um, what happened between the experience that was like a decade ago where Nebuad tried to sniff all the packets coming in out of ISPs to target ads. What happened between then and then Verizon making the decision that it was okay to basically take all the consumer data and use it for ads? When, what changed and how did Verizon wrap We've around? We've got to ask about super cookies, about that. too. Answer yeah. the super cookie so, question. You know, just to be really clear about it, I think that uh, you know, Verizon, uh, for what's been announced in terms of what they want to do with us, with data and those things in general, the, uh, Everything is privacy protected, uh, and everything is staying on the network first party uh, overall. So if you think about all the companies that are out here in Silicon Valley and how much data they have and what they do with the data uh, overall, I think Verizon's actually being pretty conservative uh, on the data side overall. And the, the, what we're doing with data, I don't think, is significantly uh, different. And I think but it doesn't although, matter. Although an argument but, that we're not as evil as they are is not really... It's not, it's not, by the way, here's the, here's the, I think the reality on these things are there are laws and right. the laws have to be uh, really followed, I think. But the second piece is actually is trust. I mean, you heard Andy just talk about how competitive these spaces are going to be in the future and they're already competitive now overall. I think if consumers don't trust you and you do something to, get, to hurt that trust, you're basically going to damage your business to a point it's... it's uh, it's not worth whatever you were going to do with the data. So, I, you know, Verizon's probably more sensitive to data than many of the Internet companies are overall just due to their position in the market and what they do. So I, I don't know if I'm... Who came up with the super cookie name? That's, like, literally the worst branding I've ever heard. I don't know. Not you. Not me. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if it was Verizon. Did somebody else come up with it? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Someone no, here probably knows. awful. Did I answer your question? Is that, I mean, what do you... Uh, what do you you did. I, I think it's just it, it's still unclear with the you know the consumer experience with consumer using a handset and not really understanding, you know that every every tap is potentially data that would get used somewhere. It's going to be hard for that for that consumer to wrap their minds around what's happening behind the scenes. And so it is. It does strike me. It is a big leap. I'm not uh, an anti anti this leap. I'm just. Right. It strikes me as a very big leap I, from where all of the, everyone assumed the carriers were. 
Yeah. Well, I think, uh, you know, basically if you consider the fact that what Andy just said also is happening, everybody's getting into every, everybody else's business and everybody has data. I mean, how many times do you download an app these days where the first thing it asks you is, can I have your location data? Can I download your contacts? You know, uh, I mean, you know, the reality is, do you think Verizon and Google and Facebook are going to be more regulated and more careful? Or do you think, you know, app number 375 are going to protect your, you know, contacts and data? I don't, maybe they'll do it the same. I don't know, but I, this is a much larger yeah. issue, and it's a, it's a real issue. Although it's still a they suck more argument. You're what? Right. They suck more argument. Like they're No, I'm making an argument you want to be trusted more. Yes. Right. So but, it's like you, I think you want, to be, you want to be the most trusted company with this information, and you want right. to use it the best for the biggest consumer benefit right. without any downside on it. So I, I and mean, yet you still have to use this data in some way. Data, by the way, data, uh, there are very big uh, issues with data. There's also huge, huge benefits for consumers. If you think about how much uh, benefit you get from some of the data already on your phone today when you use services, it's, it's enormous. I mean, there's a benefit. And I think consumers know that benefit. I, you know, Walt just wrote a, a piece today which was really uh, on this topic. And he said to me, you know, back, I don't know, I shouldn't say this, but, you know, what, Walt had some ideas backstage, which I think are totally reasonable ideas about how pe- companies should do that. And uh, I think that those are, we should be interacting with those type of, you know, those type of ideas around mm-hmm. data. Yeah, but I think people should be concerned about data. What? Concerned about, oh, I mean, be, I know yes. it's beneficial, but it's, sometimes it feels like that Twilight Zone episode, To Serve Man, yes. turns out to be a cookbook. Yeah. Um, rather than helping us, sometimes it feels like there's. I think data is uh, is d- data is oil for this economy, for the whole internet economy, and you know oil can be used really well and oil can be used really poorly. Okay, and... that was, that's very that's very that was a good thing to say. All right, go ahead. Hey Tim. Yeah. Hey. Uh, it's a question about in the early days of Google, you talked uh, gave us two big visions. One was a CMO dashboard, and the other one was the cross-platform advertising. And half of those are your skills. <laughs> well. You, you led there, uh, and, and that resulted in a lot of things at Google. We acquired DoubleClick and we acquired YouTube, and a lot of the things we see on the revenue side was, was your vision. And now you're talking about this machine-first stage, the machine, uh, you know, talk to the machine first, if you will. What does that mean sort of 10, 20 years from now for the users, the advertisers, and the publisher? I mean, those are the three f- pillars of the, the media industry. Um, give us sort of your vision for that. I, I mean, at a simple level, I think that basically a lot, a lot of it, well, let me just go directly to it, is most of the businesses in the world get a huge benefit because consumers are disorganized um, overall. So if you think about commerce, for instance, you either drive to the store, uh, you spend your time trying to find the right size, you go on Amazon and search and all those things in general. Um, I think what's going to happen in the future when machines are really actually almost a mirror image, a second brain and, and personalization of you, is a lot of that stuff is going to get reversed. Like co- Corporations are going to have to spend um, a lot more of their resources, time, and money making up for what the, consum- the consumer, this machine, is going to take care of a lot of that disorganization overall. So I think when you, think, when you look way out, uh, you know, Kind of what Andy was saying about dishwashers, like that your whole life will be driven by basically anything that you was disorganized manual and took time. A lot of that stuff is going to go away. And you, the threshold of getting to these consumers is going to be massively increased. And the other thing people aren't talking about right now is the major companies like the CPG companies and some of these other partners now are starting to try to figure out how to go direct to the consumer. So you have... Amazon and Walmart basically creating an environment with those CPG companies and those type of people are very skittish about dealing with them. 
People are skittish about giving all their data to Facebook and Google if they close off their you know, networks. Uh, and you have all these companies now trying to figure out how to go direct. So you know, you'll, if you're in a driverless car with, a, with shopping that comes to you all the time, like I think one of the things we've been talking about recently is, is reverse commerce. Like a lot of stuff in the economy could actually come to you. You don't have to go get it. And, and almost every major company in the world relies on us going to find stuff, even to the B2B side, you know, overall. And I was, uh, I was at a major company that, that sells jet engines and a bunch of other stuff recently. And, you know, their model is basically is as the, as the plane is running, they're getting, in the future, going to get so much data off that plane that they're able to deliver... You just heard the deliver, What? You were just with GE. G, they're going to be able to deliver things back... Uh, you know, proactively. And so if you think about, as a consumer, I, one thing I'm doing at my house right now is I'm signing up for tons of subscription services in all types of categories just because I want to see what the, the, the human reaction is to actually getting stuff that just yeah. is proactively it's coming. It's true. I mean, you should live in San Francisco. I call it assisted living for millennials. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> Swear to God. Right. It is. There's yeah. no more stores, no yeah. more cars. Kev, well, you, you were right. involved in all this. What do you think is going to happen? He'll tell you. No, he's... All right, all right. Okay. Quick, quick question. Very Ina quick follow-up to the do. thing that Dave asked. Um, you know, you mentioned that a lot of apps ask you for their, you know, for your location, all this stuff. But isn't there a difference between an app asking me for that information and the carrier, which has all that? I mean, yeah. if I have a cell phone, my carrier knows where my phone is. They yeah. know all these things. Yeah. Do you think there's a difference there? And then on the converse side, for the business side, are you excited for AOL's ad network to have all that information? Yeah. So one is, um, you know, I think, I think there is a difference. Depending on how much data you have, there's a difference in the stack of how much data you have in general. But, you know, don't kid yourself. If you don't think there's some super aggressive large companies that have apps that are trying to interrupt their apps with all the other apps on your phone and get all the information from your phone about what you're doing on your phone, you know, you're kidding yourself. Like, you know, the, the, the really good big data people are really good and really big at trying to get data. Uh, also, so rhymes uh, with noogle. Uh, so, so I, you know, you know, if you if you point out the carriers, uh, and I'm not not saying that it's like we're it's, you know they're they're we're, we're going to be slightly less worse or whatever. It's not that. It's you know the 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 base businesses of these business rely on a direct consumer relationship where you basically are trusting when you're giving somebody information that that information is not going to get used in something that's going to be detrimental to you overall. And whether Verizon or AT&T or Comcast or whoever has, your, has data coming in, or it's the big internet companies that have tons of data uh, overall, you know, you're, as a consumer, you're going to have to make a decision whether or not you trust these type of companies to basically handle that type of data for you. And as a company, on the company side, you know, you're, you're very, very concerned that how you use this data is going to be a benefit for the consumer and the downside is going to be hopefully, hopefully nothing but limited uh, overall. So I, I, I think data is, a, data is a real issue for the entire econ- this entire economy. It is. It's like oil. And uh, it's got to get used correctly. Um, but do I think the carriers are any different than the large? I've been at all the companies. I've been at a lot of different, you know, large internet companies, small internet companies. Data, you know, we've done, done t- tons of stuff with data over the years with advertising. I think everybody's in the same boat at this point uh, overall. And the second piece is to answer your question directly on: Do I think the data is a benefit for AOL and our advertising model? 
if you believe Facebook data and Google data and Android data and all that stuff is a benefit for Google's model, you know, yes, it's going to be a benefit for us, and I, I will use it responsibly. Um, I, I'd hate to be a business in the future that wasn't able to have data or use data to optimize services for people overall. And I, 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 uh, I think it's about consumer choice and, and trust, and if you violate that, you know, you're going to ruin your whole business. Okay. Um, one last question. Yeah. How long are you going to stay there? Are you running for office in no. Connecticut? No. No. You could be a... You could, listen, no, anyone way, can go way, into politics now, way, so let's be clear. Uh, Connecticut, I just read, actually. I don't know if you noticed it was on the front of uh, the New York Times or Wall Street Journal the other day, is the, uh, has one of the worst debt ratio uh, overall. So I, I, one, of my, uh, one of my neighbors is an awesome, awesome leader. He's, he's a, one of the state senators who's trying to fix it, but... Uh, I don't, I don't know if that's Do you a, ever contemplate another... running for office? No, why do you ask me that? Because you have those fantastic cheekbones. I don't know. Oh, what? No. <laughs> you do. Like, no, you say this just to start a rumor. No, then... I don't. Yes. No, yes, you everyone do. thinks you're running. I'm not the first to do this. No, I'm not running for not office. Not running for office. No, and I'm, sta- I'm, I'm you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, basically doing the Verizon deal for me was really, I, I've been doing this for 20 years. I mean, I'm not going to go sell real estate. This is what I, I, I love doing what we're doing. I'm really passionate about it, energized about it. I'm really, uh, Verizon people have been great. Uh, and I've also been to the, you know, the, the M&A rodeo before buying companies and, and selling companies. So I, I signed up for it. I know what I'm signed up for.